Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back with more Tapped Out with Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine on the BetQL Network. Welcome back into the show. Brendan Tobin, Sports Machine, Sean Levine, Jake Nowak. We're talking a little fighting here on the BetQL Network. It is Tapped Out. Coming up in a little while, you're going to get a chance to hear from Gilbert Garino Burns, also from Triple C and Aljamain Sterling. Big show tonight right before UFC 288 in New Jersey but let's get to some news and notes that went down this week in the world of fighting um we got a lot man we got Francis Ngannou we got Masvidal news we got tough news we got Mike Perry news let's start with a little boxing though Canelo Alvarez back in the ring tonight minus 1800 let's just say a uh, slight favorite taking on John Ryder for those that are out there going wait who and why BT, break this one down for us. I mean, look, Canelo Alvarez has fought a lot of good guys in his career. It's not a guy that's like, it's not like Canelo Alvarez has been cherry picking opponents, but every once in a while, he does a little showcase just to stay busy. He's not a fighter that likes to be, he likes to fight twice a year, at least. That's basically been his resume. And, you know, I think that they want to do a little showcase fight. It's Cinco de Mayo weekend. They're doing this in Guadalajara. So he's taking on John Ryder, who, you know, has had a nice little bounce back in his career, but I think journeyman's probably a bit of a strong term to put on him, but like he is not a legitimate contender. Uh, and I don't feel like is a threat. That is why the odds are what they are. They're minus 1800 for Canelo to win tonight um, in this fight. And I think that what he's doing here is just like, let's see Canelo in the ring. Let's give him some media opportunity. Let's see what fight he wants to do next. It seems like what he wants to do next is get his, uh, get his matchup against, uh, Dimitri Bivol and have that rematch and see if he can uh, avenge that loss that he had last year. But yeah, this uh, this fight is not uh, not exactly tickling my fancy tonight as it is even usually Canelo fight weeks will do that. But this one is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a tough one, man. Well, you can't make any money. Minus 1,800. Uh, real quick, and I know that we're talking about still several months away, assuming that Canelo wins this fight because if he doesn't, then we're all going to be saying, okay, he's done. Right. I don't I, – I think – Bevo beat him up, man. He pieced him up. Like, that fight right. wasn't even that close. I think when we see it again, unless tonight – actually, that's the thing. Even <clears> if <throat> I saw Canelo Alvarez look unbelievable tonight, what does that really mean if Bevo's up next? Nothing. I, nothing, right? Nothing. Nothing. Right. Nothing. If you guys want some money to make, like I would say – Tell me. You know, I would look – Give know, me a round. Canelo, give him rounds four through six, Canelo's plus 350. I think like that. That's kind of the sweet spot for me. I think he gives the fans a show, puts it on before we get to the midway point. 
that's where Canelo goes and wins this fight. But even him to win by knockout tonight is like minus 340. Very, uh, if John Ryder goes the distance, I'll be stunned. And I think a lot of people will have questions. So we don't think that fight's going to go the distance, much like last week's bare knuckle fight, Mike Perry versus Luke Rockhold did not go the Oof. distance. Goodness gracious. First of all, it's funny how sometimes, no matter what your career is, fighting, radio, whatever you do for a living, you just kind of find your niche. And maybe it's not exactly where you thought it was going to. And for Mike Perry, he's just perfect. He's perfect for it. He's the perfect mouthpiece. He's got the perfect look. He's 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 really come around also. Like, he's not as brash as he used to be. He's kind of well thought out all of a sudden. Like, Mike Perry's kind of taking a 180. He's still a wild man. And he still says some crazy stuff. And he's fun to watch and all that. But it's calculated, right? Like, it seems like you almost got... I don't want to sound like a jerk here, but like a lot smarter. I don't know what happened with Mike Perry, but on top of that with bare knuckle, he's perfect for it. And he's beating people up and he's got the belt and he knocked out Luke Rockhold's teeth. That was fun to watch. Yeah. It's, it's a brutal thing. And you're right, man. Like some people are just made for it. I look at a guy like, you know, Luis Palmino, one of the longest reigning champions. Like this guy has not been touched nearly in three, four years. And, you know, again, it was just kind of on the outs of mixed martial arts. And he has just been able to find a nice home, headline a bunch of cards. And for Mike Perry, obviously, uh, probably a lot more recent name value. What a week. You not only get that, but then you get a face-off with Conor McGregor in the uh, the bare-knuckle squared right. circle. So he's getting a lot of attention this week. Huge week for Mike Perry. And, yeah, if you could carve out what do you want the face of bare-knuckle to look like, Mike Perry is probably what it is. And he's got – that kind of calculated aggression that's just perfect for the sport. Uh, you welcome in a bunch of big names, whoever they, the next guy to leave UFC is to come into your 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 kind of element. And I think it's gonna be uh, I think it's gonna be great for him. So huge week for BKFC. They always you know credit to uh, you know to Dave Feldman and the whole crew there because obviously they had a lot riding on this event. I think he said something like he took out two mortgages or something like this to put on the yeah. event. So. Uh, hopefully this one was a huge hit for him, especially with the, uh, the McGregor publicity and they could keep, uh, keep rolling because that was a fun one. How mad do you think Dana was? I don't know if he was watching it live, but when the word got back to him, I mean, not only did he step into the octagon, but he spoke and he talked about how great the product was and all of that as the face of, and the most popular and successful UFC fighter of all time, Dana had to be like shaking his fist. Uh, I don't know. I mean, listen publicly i what? think he was asked about it yeah i saw an interview he did uh I, I saw some quotes of an interview he did with uh with barstool and he said he was cool with it he was like good for connor like sure. you know I, I think it's kind of like if there's anybody who's going to get the pass of doing anything it's going to be connor i mean jesus look what they've overlooked what he's done with uh with other stuff so him just walking into another promotion i mean he's done this before he's cornered guys from bellator and things like that well, that's I, not think, the problem. Uh, I don't mind him cornering guys. I don't even mind him when he, whatever the promotion that was when he jumped into the octagon. I'm not saying it was great or anything like that, but dude, you're going to like take the microphone and talk about another promotion as our best fight. Like it, it just, it couldn't, he might've said that he wasn't angry about it, but we'd both know that Dana is the king of pettiness. I guarantee, I guarantee he was upset that night. Yes, Jake. I, I don't know if you heard this, but Connor on his way into the bare knuckle ring, took the belt off of whoever the champion is without the champion knowing that he was mad. He like went after Connor security, held him back. Connor had his belt, went into the ring, did the whole thing with Mike Perry. And then on the way out, the champion says, Hey, when you give my belt back, could you autograph it? Connor signed his belt. <laughs> That's cool. Nonsense. I like that. 
I like that. Remember when Connor that autograph's probably that autograph's probably it, worth like, more than the belt. Guaranteed. Yeah, who knows what that belt's made out of at this point? They're still new. And when he said he runs this game, he meant more than the UFC. He meant like, you know, the entire mixed martial arts game. So, and to be fair, at the time that sounded brash and looking back on it, it wasn't wasn't that wrong. Because I think you made a comment the other day where everybody, like uh, all the, the, the money that he had made in the UFC compared to all the other current fighters that are like on the roster as we speak. And I want to say it's pretty close. So if he said he's running the game, it's it's tough to argue at this point. What do you think of the uh, Eddie Alvarez-Chad Mendez fight? That was another banger. Another one, man. Like, you know, not surprised that, uh, you know, we saw what we were able to see in that one. Um, because Eddie Eddie is also just another one. Like, you guys just be a little bit of a wild man to have success in, in, that, in that sport. Because if you try and get too cute and bare knuckle, you know, some guys have done okay. But I just think that the game, it goes so fast. You know, like the, the stuff can go so fast. The rounds can go so fast. So you just need, again, that kind of tactical aggression. You can't be too cute, pick things apart. So, you know, good, good, good fight all around and a good event. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. No doubt about it. It was enjoyable. Let's keep moving around different promotions. Francis Ngannou talks heating up, apparently with the PFL. It, it, let's just call it what it is. Ngannou thought that he was going to have a home by now, for sure. And he doesn't. And now it sounds like the PFL just might be the best option. Ultimately, do you think that's what works out? Probably, um, because I don't, I don't really see what else does make sense. I think the PFL is looking for something like him. You think about all the athletes that they have, mainstream athletes, the Jake Paul connection. I almost feel like both of them are looking for a mutual splash because I do think that PFL, as fun as the idea is, you know, Kayla Harrison lost last year. She's not really in their tournaments anymore. She's just going to be doing big fights. I, I do feel like between Jake Paul, who knows when he's going to go fight because he's still boxing. They need their next big attraction. They they really don't have one. So Francis Ngannou getting the UFC heavyweight champion under your tent and being able to publicize that would be a big deal for them. I think they got a lot of great people working for them. I liked when we talked to Sean O'Connell. They clearly are a promotion with a lot of big ideas and uh, some interesting stuff, but you know, I, I I think that makes the most sense. I think we'll probably get it. And you know, the interesting thing is like, how long will that journey be with the PFL? Will that be his last stop? Will it be a one-off? Will it be? Will they lock him up for a while, or does he do that? Everybody gets hyped to see Francis knock somebody out, and then all of a sudden, you know, we're pining for him versus John Jones again. I'm always down for him fighting John Jones. Speaking of John, he said Stipe is going to be his last fight. D do you believe that? Because it feels to me, if you're John Jones, you take that much time off, you finally come back, you do what you did against Surreal, you look like you know it didn't take very long, didn't take much damage. I and you signed a, a multiple fight deal. 
I think John's back this time for a minute. Now, it's always tough to say because we're talking about John Jones here, but I don't think he's done after the Stipe fight. I get it and I don't because, you know, what else is out there for him? It's like you have this – it's almost like a little GSP-ish, right? It's like GSP comes it back, is. he gets the middleweight championship, and it's like, well, does he want to stick around and start taking on all these young lions? And so John Jones just see what, sees what Pavlovich did to Curtis Blades. That guy seems inevitable that he's going to be out there. You see a guy like Tom Aspinall, and I think John Jones just sits back and goes, like, no disrespect, do I really want to be – in, do I want to do a, a Dominic Reyes and Tiago Santos again? Do I want to take on these guys that don't get my juices going the same way? I'm not as motivated because it's one thing to do it at light heavyweight. Maybe those guys don't knock you out. It's another thing to go in there with this scary Russian who could put you on crazy legs with a jab. So I understand if Stipe is it for him. Um because, look, John's done the thing. Like, what did he want to do? He wanted to come back. He wanted to win another title. He wanted to do something that, you know, people said he couldn't do for a long time. I wouldn't begrudge him if he did want to step away. I'm bummed because, obviously, the guy still looks like he's doing this thing at a very high level. But, yeah, to a degree, like, John's looking at this. He's like, oh, how much does John Jones versus Pavlovich do? Like, And then what's the fight that gets Pavlovich on the mainstream's mind of I want to see this guy versus John Jones. I don't know. It's a it's a fair it's a fair question. So yeah, I'm not surprised to look at John thinking of the landscape of let me take out Stipe, who he thinks is the heavyweight goat. He did mention this week, look, if Francis does come back, I'm still interested in doing that fight. So maybe that's the the I'm I was glad John mentioned that because it feels like that little extra carrot maybe motivates the UFC and say, well if we don't get Francis back, we're also losing John Jones. So maybe they got to look at that as this is our last, last opportunity. So I was happy that he was able to throw that out there. I feel like that could almost be an assist to getting Francis back in the promotion. Pavlovich is a scary dude, man. That guy needs to get in there with a grizzly bear or something because I think I, he I'm is a grizzly you. bear. He really is. He's, he's a scary dude. Uh, speaking of guys that are still doing their thing, like John Jones, Mighty Mouse fought last night and won championship. First time that that promotion's made its way into the United States. Uh, wins his fight by decision. And then Super Sage was back in the cage. I'm a poet and I didn't even know it. Sage Northcutt won that by sub. Did you watch those fights? Uh, I saw on social media, I saw Sage win. I did not watch it last night. Um, but, I'll, you know, the thing with, with, with Demetrius, that always makes me a little upset. It's kind of interesting full circle this weekend with Henry back. I just, I hate the fact that this promotion ousted Mighty Mouse as like the reason the flyweight division didn't work because I thought he was just so great to watch. Uh, I say this as somebody who didn't watch him last night, but um, I always enjoyed yes. watching his fights. I, I, I did like watching Mighty Mouse in the UFC. And it's just like, this guy may be one of the best fighters on the planet. And he's been fighting at like 3 a.m. in Asia most of the time, which is like, it's kind of a bummer. Like, why is it Mighty Mouse with when we've had all the we, we've had the same title fight at flyweight five times between uh, you know Figueroa and Moreno. Figueredo you know, you know Moreno. the reason why though. You know the reason why. You know the answer to your question. I appreciate it, but it's because he was too good. I mean, he just completely dominated the flyweight division to the point where it almost went away. To be honest with you, if he hadn't lost to some at some point. It probably would have gone away. They were like, all right, this is just a one-man show. And, yeah, he's great. I've got him on my Mount Rushmore. I think when we made our list last time, I have him as the fourth-best fighter in the history of the UFC. But 
he wasn't a big guy at the time. Nobody was caring about those smaller weight classes. So, you know, he was almost too good for his own good. And it is an interesting argument, like in the in the pantheon of things, speaking of Henry Cejudo, who fights night UFC 288, if I just asked you who had the better career or who has had the better career since they're both still going on, which way do you go? I still go Mighty Mouse, but I think if Henry regains the belt tonight, I think that goes a long way uh, for his argument. Right? But I just – I think the way that Mighty Mouse was winning, even, you know, their, their rivalry being 1-1. So, no, I'd still lean Demetrius. But, yeah, I think this is one of those things where, for me, I look at it and I'm like, man, we wouldn't be – you wouldn't be a kind of a little hype to see Mighty Mouse come back to the UFC and fight Brandon Moreno. You wouldn't want to be seeing him see if he could get his belt back. I just feel like, and I don't know, because I know Mighty Mouse has had some pretty harsh things to say about his relationship with the UFC, but I just think that the sport's in a different place. I feel like a legend coming back would uh, would captivate people a little bit more. So I'd love to see it if it was possible. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, coming up next, you get a chance to hear from Doreno Gilbert Burns before his fight with Bilal Muhammad in tonight's co-main event of UFC 288. Keep it right here. You're locked into the bet, QL Network. 